today on Hardwired. Watch this. You're a minister in God's house. And one day the master is going to return. And what does he want to find you doing? Ministering meat, administering the meat, the good things of the Spirit of God to the house of God, to other people, because the Lord is all about people. And he didn't bless you just for you. And he didn't bless me just for me. But he blessed us so that we could become a blessing to others. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking about the signs that precede Jesus' return. And today we're going to be talking about something that a lot of preachers no longer discuss, and that is the rapture of the church. They won't preach the rapture anymore. We don't hear about it from a lot of pulpits. But the Bible is very, very clear that there is going to be a day when Christ returns and the church is going to be caught by surprise, caught right up into the presence of the Lord in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'm excited to share part two of the message, Caught by Surprise. Such an important word. Let's go. Now, the last two weeks, we've talked about Jesus' reply to three questions asked him by the disciples. Remember, they had been in the temple, and they came out of this temple, which was a magnificent, one of the wonders of the world. It was huge and architecturally, staggeringly beautiful. Uh, It was the second temple. It was the rebuilt temple, but it had been undergoing about 46 years of renovation by King Herod. So it had become an an incredible thing to see. So the disciples are all blown away by it and they leave the temple and, and they turn to Jesus and say, can you believe that thing? Now I'm paraphrasing, but can you believe the beauty of that temple? And Jesus wheeled around and said, do you see that temple? Not one stone is gonna be left upon another. It's coming down. It's going to be destroyed. They're staggered by this. Said, what? And then they asked the questions. When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your return and of the end of the age? So the disciples understood something. They understood that what Jesus said would happen, the temple would be destroyed, but they also understood that he would one day return. And they also understood that there would be an end of all things. There would be an end of the age. Jesus didn't refute either question. He answered them. And you know what he did? He spent two whole chapters answering these questions. Chapter 24 of Matthew and chapter 25. Two whole chapters of a beautiful prophetic discourse. It's called the Olivet Discourse. But Jesus just became this, well, he always was, but he he slipped into major prophetic gear. 
and told of the future, just laid out a map of the future to the end of time. Heavy stuff. And he gave some general signs, and I've told you about those general signs. He said, you're going to see famines, earthquakes, pestilences, false Christ, false prophets, great deception. These various things are going to happen. And when he did that, he's, it's not like he was saying those things aren't going to happen until I am about to return, because we've always had earthquakes and pestilences and false Christs and, and all these different things. But he said, it's going to be like a woman in labor. As I return, as I prepare to return, as my return draws near, you're going to see these things increase in frequency and increase in intensity. They're going to happen on a multiplied plane. They're going to happen squared. You're going to see these things happen like a snowball turning into a, an avalanche. So they're going to increase suddenly, obviously, visibly before my return. And then the new baby is going to be born. And the new baby is the kingdom of God. When he comes to earth, returns to earth, and establishes his messianic kingdom and rules the earth with a rod of iron and a scepter of righteousness, this world is one day going to be ruled by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah, returned to this planet. That's what he said. Hey, listen, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. And so we've got a gift. And then he says, meat. He said, when the master returns, he wanted to see, he was looking for the members of his household ministering or administering meat to others in God's house. Now, what is the meat? It's very simple. The meat is the spiritual things of God. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm giving you meat in God's house. As a matter of fact, I pray that it's equivalent to a Del Frisco T-bone <laughs> or a salt grass T-bone. See, I'm giving you the meat in God's house. I'm giving you the meat of the word of God. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so right now you're receiving life from the word of God. I'm administering meat, but I'm not the only one that's supposed to do it. Now you being blessed and you being filled are to go out and minister, administer meat or the things of God to others in God's household. And Jesus said, blessed is that servant who when the master returns is found so doing. Doing what? ministering the grace and the life and the love of God to members of the house. This ought to be not a big gossip fest or a slander fest in church. We're not called to tear one another down or to criticize or to gossip against one another. We're called to build one another up in the love of Christ until we grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ. That's the will of God. So watch this. 
You're a minister in God's house. And one day the master is gonna return. And what does he wanna find you doing? Ministering meat, administering the meat, the good things of the spirit of God to the house of God, to other people, because the Lord is all about people. And he didn't bless you just for you. And he didn't bless me just for me, but he blessed us so that we could become a blessing to others. The dead sea is dead because water flows in, but it doesn't flow out. The sea of Galilee is alive because water flows in and water flows out. When God blesses you and me, he wants the water to flow in and then the water to flow out. He wants to make you and me a blessing to other people. Okay? And I really do believe that until you start blessing others and ministering to others in whatever capacity God's given you, whatever door he opens, then until you do that, you're only experiencing half of the blessing of Christianity. I can't tell you how many times I've stepped into the pulpit battling one thing or another and just ministering to you is therapy for me. It, it sets me free. Just giving what God has given to me. So take the T-bone and go out and share it. Amen? The wise servant is providing me to the other servants in the house. He's busy with his Christian calling. He's doing the Lord's work. And that's why Paul said, you that are saved, you ought to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding. You may have a secular full-time job, a manual labor job to provide for your family, but you've also got a spiritual Emmanuel labor job. And that is to minister to the saints of God. Now, Jesus' point here is this. Watch this. Here's what he's driving at. The thing that keeps the wise servant pure and faithful is his undying expectancy of the master's return. That's the point of the parable. What kept this first servant right and pure and ready for the master's return? Because he never lost his expectancy that the master would return. John said, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he comes, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, listen to what he said next. And he that keeps this hope in himself purifies himself. So as long as you're expecting and looking for his return, it purifies you because you know he could come at any moment. I told you we have dogs. We have three dogs. I love dogs. We rescue dogs. Some Christians should be like dogs. <laughs> Christian dogs forgive. They don't hold grudges. You can be mean to them and they come and lick you anyway. <laughs> they just love you. Now watch this. We have three. Two of them love Kathy more than me. I'm okay with that. I've taken it to God in prayer. They love Kathy more than me. When she comes home, it's like the second coming of Jesus every single time. They jump, they twirl, they yap, they just carry on. And I used to feel kind of cut out of the picture until I got Maxie, my little Yorkie. Oh my Lord. Those guys are creative. That looks, that's, that looks a lot like him. Is that him? Oh, that's Max. Excuse me a minute, Max. Yeah. 
I tell you, that wasn't until this service. Y'all are blessed to see Max. Now, take his picture down. I can't think. Now watch this. I am the alpha person in the house with Max. Max loves me. And, and I'm good with that. Now, here's, here's what Kathy told me. She said, Jeff, when you leave, Max positions himself where he watches the door that you walked out of. And he watches that door and he won't eat good and he won't really pay much attention to me. And, and his ear is peeled for the sound of your car coming up the driveway. And he will sit there for hours on end waiting for you to return. He's a good dog. He's a smart dog. And then when I come home, he goes crazy. He bounces like he's bouncing. He springs in his feet. He bounces, he twirls, he yaps, and he will not stop until I pick him up and let him kiss me, let him lick me on the cheek. He won't stop, he won't act normal until I have received him. He is thrilled to see me return. We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Now, one day it hit me. He does what we're supposed to do with Jesus. See, he's got one eye peeled on the door that I left out of. He's looking at that door. He's listening for that door. He's listening for my car. He's why he's got an eye peeled and an ear tuned. And as soon as he knows that I'm anywhere near, he perks up, he gets ready to greet me. He's ready for my return. And he does this every day. Now, here's what this parable is teaching us. That this first servant was this way. His eye was peeled. No matter how long the master had been gone, his eye was peeled on the return, and he waited, and he listened. And when the master returned, he didn't say, uh-oh, but he said, hallelujah. And he acted kind of like, Max. listen, the church that's really waiting for Jesus is gonna be just like Max. Boing, boing, good to see you, Lord, hallelujah. Do you know that the last thing the Bible says is even so, come Lord Jesus. That's the call and the cry of the true saint of God. So Jesus is saying, blessed is that servant whom his master when he comes finds so doing. Feeding, nourishing, blessing, and caring for the members of the master's household as he left instructions to do and looking for his return. Folks, he's coming back and you're either gonna be glad or sad to see him. Amen. Amen. So we should all go out determined to be like Max right? Now, next in this parable, we've got a wicked servant. Now, Jesus tells us why this wicked servant is wicked. 
What did it to him? Something happened, and we read that one day, one fateful day, he said something to himself that altered the course of his life. Let me tell you a little secret about life. The person that matters most that you listen to, aside from the Lord, is you. Because every day we talk to ourselves. And we can either run ourselves down, we can deflate our potential, we can say things to ourselves like, I've made too many mistakes for God to love me anymore, or I can never go on, or I'm not lovable, or I'm not usable, or I have no potential, or I really don't have much hope for a future. I've made too many mistakes. I've burned too many bridges. God's probably left me. You can talk yourself right into a hole. That's why David said, talk to his soul and said, why are you disquieted within me, oh my soul? He talked to himself. And you've talked to yourself already today. Or you can say something like this. There is therefore now no more condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus than I'm in Christ Jesus. And I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And I'm not going down, I'm going through. God is gonna take me to the other side. If he brought me to it, he's gonna take me through it. I believe that I am walking with the winner of all things and having a winner inside of me, I'm going to win as well. I am excited about what God is going to do today. I can't wait to see. You can talk to yourself that way. But this servant talked to himself and Jesus said he made one statement. My master delays his coming. That's what he said to himself in his heart. David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, what I say to myself, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So it matters what you say to yourself. And he said to himself, my master delays his coming. And the minute, the minute that he ceased to expect the return of his master, he changed and his life went in a trajectory that ruined him. So we see from this parable, Jesus is saying it's very, very important that you never lose sight of my return. Do you know there's churches that don't even preach the return of Christ anymore? They won't even go to the Bible and preach this. They don't believe it anymore. God help them. God forgive them. That's heresy. The great hope of the Bible is that Jesus is coming back. Now his backsliding his backsliding manifested in two ways. First is the way he treated other people. As soon as he said, my Lord delays his coming, and he lost his faith in the master, and he went off on his own, he began to mistreat others. Jesus said he began to beat his fellow servants. He began to, instead of blessing God's house and administering the spiritual things of God in God's house, he began to beat and abuse his fellow servants. Do you know that the closer you get to the Lord, the better you treat people? And the further you get away from him, the worse you treat people? Have you ever noticed that? Look at our world now. They've rejected Christ. And what is happening in our world? Violence everywhere, abuse, lying, deception. 
all kinds of awful things, one man to another, one woman to another. When you get away from the Lord, according to Jesus Christ, you begin to mistreat others. He began to beat his fellow servants. That's why when you walk with the Lord, here's what happens. You begin to grow fruit, love. That's the first one. Joy, peace. You're more patient with people. You're more kind. You're more loving. You're more forgiving. Because knowing that he forgave you so much, you can forgive others. And so you're kind to people. You believe in them. You don't hold grudges. You let offenses go. You forgive as you're close to him. And it's not hard to bear fruit. You just kind of have to hang there. How is it, does an apple come about? He just hangs on the branch. And what is in the branch comes into the fruit. As you and I abide in the vine, what's in the vine comes into the fruit. So we produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Against such there is no law as we just walk with him. So he began to abuse people as he lost his faith in Jesus. And then the second thing is backsliding affected his personal lifestyle. Man, did he go down. Jesus said he began to eat and drink with the drunkards. What a tragedy. This servant had been in the house. But when he lost faith in the coming of the Lord, got his eyes off of that, said, well, you know, maybe he's dead. Maybe he didn't mean it when he said he was going to come back. So I'm just going to live the way that my flesh wants to. And here's what he did. He took his eyes off of the imminent return of the master and he chose ungodly companions. Let me tell you something that's true in life. Tell me who you run with and I'll show you your spiritual temperature. If you hang around with people that, ah, you know, the Lord, I can take it or leave it. Or, oh yeah, yeah, I believe in the Lord, but they're living in the flesh and walking in the flesh. That tells me where you are because you're never gonna run with people who are gonna convict you. Or you say, man, I walk with people who pray. My friends are people that, that seek God, that love the Lord, they want his best, that are pursuing him, that can't wait to worship him, and that are in the word. Then I said, that tells me everything I need to know about you. Because birds of a feather, they flock together. I don't ever see a flock of crows with a cardinal. <laughs> birds of a feather always look for the same bird to run with. It matters who you run with so much, folks. And don't say to yourself, oh, I want to run around with these people. And now they're, they're kind of, they're not really walking, but I'm going to bring them up. No, you won't. If you hang around with them too long, they're going to bring you down. Just ask Solomon. I'm not, I love you. I'm not here to judge you, but I, but I want you to be wise. So, but I got so much in common with them, Pastor Jeff. The number one thing you need to have in common with them is their walk. That's the number one, number one criteria. And you ladies who think your love is gonna change a man. Oh, I met this wonderful man and, and I'm gonna marry him. Now he's not where he needs to be, but I'll get him in church and I will change him. Oh dear, can I speak out of 35 years of counseling? You are in a pipe dream. There is no guarantee you will change him. If he's not walking with the Lord, here I go. Get out. (laughs) 
That's free. I may have just saved you thousands of dollars in counseling. But this second servant, he soon loses himself in debauchery and sin. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Part of the fear of the Lord is he's coming back. And when he comes back, I want to be right, not wrong. I want to be glad, not sad. I want to be ready, not ill-prepared. That's the message. This wicked servant had no fear of the master. He's come to believe the master is not coming back. Church, I assure you, if you're in this church, you are always going to hear about the return of Jesus Christ. He's coming back. So we have an eye peeled on the door he left from. We've got an ear tuned to that trumpet that's going to blow one day. The second servant made a fatal assumption. The first servant kept his faith. Jesus is stressing the danger of being caught off guard. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call, 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program. And we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership, as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. And let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.